0: Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. We are going to start with a video, but if some of these parents are leaving, I think we'll just wait like three minutes for them before we start that video. Today is a special service where we talk about being intentional, and it's our baby dedication service. And wouldn't you know it, two of those families have sick kids. And so they're not able to be here today. Um, let's just take a minute and pray for those other families as we start.
1: Just agree with me, Father. Uh, we just lift a couple of families, especially this morning, Lord, who couldn't be here for this day. And uh, Father, we trust. Uh, we trust in the power of the cross for them this morning. Jesus, we trust in the stripes you bore on your back for our healing. And, Lord, we speak that healing over their households this day. We rebuke a spirit of sickness that would try to come and uh, take away from these moments. And, Lord, even as they tune in online today, Lord, we pray that your presence would fill their home. God, that even though they are absent from this uh, special service, Jesus, that, um, Lord, your, your mercies, your blessing, your provision would flow into their lives, Lord. And uh, we just plead your blood over them, Jesus, as households, but it's especially uh, for these little ones, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, you've heard this a million times in our church, and you're going to hear it a million times more, because for Amy and I, the message will never, ever change. Uh, We planted this church uh, with four little children and a couple of jobs. Two children. Two children, and it became four children in five years. And so if you feel overwhelmed, we know exactly how you feel, uh, because we were nuts. We wouldn't even recommend doing some of the things we did, But um, it does give us the place to say, hey, we can relate. We've been there. We know what it's like, and we know it's not easy, and we know it's hard, but it is worth it. And everything we go through uh, with our kids, raising kids, is a phase that will be gone before you know it. And um, I am very emotional these days because we are are adding up the marbles we have left, as we're going to talk about. And our oldest son is getting awfully close to... You know, graduation, and we have preached this message since he was four years old to this church, and here we find ourselves at the end of it feeling horribly unprepared for the moment that's coming in a few months. Uh, So, that's why you need to listen today to what we have to share with you, because we know that you're going to walk through it in due time.
0: So... Let's start with the video and see if you're going to cry
1: again. Oh, this video. This video kills me, honestly. It doesn't get old. I can't watch it. I hate that video. (laughs) (laughs) You know, everybody tells you in their 50s, and you're starting your family, that time goes by fast. And you want to believe them, and you do believe them, <laughs> but then, then reality finds you, and it—it's not something you can imagine until you live it. And um, there's not a lot of great things that we get to talk about in the last 24 months or so, because our world has been interrupted uh, by so many things, not just not just COVID or whatever, but all the stuff that comes with it. And I guess if there's one good thing that has come out of that is that many of us were reminded to slow way down. As the opportunities to just be busy all the time were eliminated, um, we all realized, and I remember talking with many of you, if not almost all of you, at some point in the last 24 months about how, you know, we don't like it, but we were just too busy. And uh, I want to remind you again, and this is, just, this is just me as the pastor of our church, do not fall for the bait that says come back to that kind of busyness. Let me tell you what, guys, your kids do not need 17 activities a week. It'll, you'll actually burn them out. You're actually hurting them. They don't need to go. They don't need to run from 6 a.m. until 9 p.m., you know, four days, three days, two days a week. Kids are not made for that. And parents and marriages actually aren't designed for that either. And so we need to appreciate some of the good things that have come out of the last few months, and that is certainly one of them. Um, It has challenged our ability to relate to our own capacities, and I think that if we miss out that lesson on that lesson, I think we're actually missing out on what the Spirit of God is trying to say to us in this time for this generation. The message to our generation from the Lord right now is, are you going to wait on me? Are you going to be still? Are you going to slow down? Are you going to let it be known in your own life that I am God? Because that's His message to us in this time if you haven't picked it up already. All right, so that is... Um, that is what it, what it is, and I think that we are now moving into the days again where it feels like things can thrive. I know for our leadership team here at church, it's been the momentum is back, and it, things are starting to feel good, and, and, and we enjoy that. Um, but let me just drop a truth bomb on you, and this is for all you guys, and for those of you who are becoming guys and men. Let me just say, in order for a family to thrive mom has to thrive. Okay? Now well, that's that's gospel right there. That's gospel. If you want a happy house, you need mama to be happy.
0: Yeah, that that <laughs> helps a lot. Uh, and so I think there I think what we can say to that is sometimes there're seasons where whether it's the mom or the dad or you here today that doesn't have kids, this this whole message applies. Um, but specifically with that, in my life, there's, There's seasons where I've had a huge capacity and others where it was just so limited. And so wherever you're at in your journey, for me, I had postpartum depression with one of my babies. I had um, other health issues that I was dealing with. And so in those moments, I think we need permission and and let this be your permission. We need to reevaluate commitments during those Times I don't have to do what I've always done just because I've always done it. And so I encourage you to listen to the Holy Spirit for everything. Um, Every new school year, every new season, all of the things. If we just do that according to being healthy... Um, And removing some of the chaos, as we were speaking in our morning coffee group, Margot said it so well. She said, less chaos equals more connection. And that really stuck with me. Less chaos equals more connection. That's why we want a clean house. That's why we don't want to be running here and there. Because we, we have this heartache to connect with people that we love.
1: Yeah, and that's true for dads too, just so you know. It's not just a mom thing that less chaos equals more connection. I've never actually heard that quote by Margot Hess.
0: It was this week.
1: That's brilliant. It was
0: really good. I I even quoted her,
1: Margot Hess. If you want some (laughs) wisdom, you could always talk to Margot Hess. Let's just say that. But it's true for every member of the family that less chaos is going to equal more connection every single time. And um, (laughs) that can take some work to get to.
0: Yeah, we don't just figure it out once. It's like your baby. You figure your baby out, and then all of a sudden they start teething. And then you got to start over again. i got to tell you, it's the same with teenagers, too. You figure them out, and then you don't. Yeah. So we just have to reevaluate. Everything Everything gets thrown back up in the air, and we need the Holy Spirit to speak to us.
1: That's right. Or you get everything figured out with the kids, and then all of a sudden, dad is grouchy all the time.
0: Oh, yeah, that happens. You know,
1: jobs change. Things happen. The weather. Yeah. Uh, cows get out. People didn't don't feed the and chickens water their or the dogs. animals. Yeah, all those things. I know. Right? Suddenly dads grow at you all the time, and, and everything is always on the move. Everything is in a phase of some kind, and that's why we come back to it. It's just a phase. Don't miss the things of value in every phase. Um, God uh, speaks to us in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 7, and hopefully by now most of you would really have this verse memorized because we do share a lot, but it's Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all... Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up.
0: I love that verse. And I I find there's cues in that verse that that can help me um, just do those things. Sometimes it's hard if we're going to compare ourselves to someone else. Our family has never been one to sit at the table and open up the large Bible and have, you know, this great discourse about everything God is saying. But what we've learned is just taking cues from here, when we're at home, a good time for us this year is before the bus to sit and connect with our kids, to pray with them, to read a Bible verse. Other years that wasn't a thing because we were busy driving. So we shift, we adjust, but we take the cue. When we're at home, um, when we're driving, lots of times we'll get in the truck and the first thing we, we did when the kids were little as we drove them to school, okay, let's pray youngest to oldest. And now it's just just a pattern. Anytime we have to pray, they're like youngest, oldest, oldest, youngest. You know, they just they're it's becoming familiar before bed um, there's just opportunities in our day that it doesn't have to be this big hard thing if we just grab the moments.
1: Yeah one of the things people are afraid of is is I'm going to use the word pressure. We don't people don't want to pressure kids but I just want to draw your attention to the action word in that passage which is concerning your children impress them yeah. upon your children. What, what is what do you think that means to impress upon them? Well, how do you make an impression? By means of pressure. And if you want something to imprint, it's going to require a certain amount of pressure. And just for the record, nothing in creation exists without pressure or tension. Nothing exists. Just think about it for a second. Your body is held together by two forces pressure. Without those two things in constant action, in constant reality, in your body, you literally would not hold together. So it's not something that we should fear or fall back from or be uh, fearful of. Certainly, we can overpressure people. We can become too intense. We can do all those things. But to abandon the idea that pressure is what is going to form anyone or anything is to lose the whole ability to form or help someone go the right direction, so I think it's a it's a valuable word, an action word in scripture.
0: Yeah, it's good. Um, those those moments that we we can just grab. I think sometimes our our phone is the thing that maybe stops us from having a moment that's actually given to us, a moment of time. But you know, maybe maybe. I'm tired, so I'm going to grab the phone instead. I'm going to start work or I'm going to start reading. I have to be very intentional about impressing these things on my children because otherwise I can just let time go by. And all of a sudden, we're not doing the things that we value. We're not talking about the things that we value in our home if we just kind of get carried away. There's a study by Reuter Health. The last um, one I looked was from 2014. And researchers found that children who... Sing and tell stories and eat dinner with their families tend to be emotionally healthier and better adjusted socially kids than those who don't have such routines.
1: Yeah, and I can actually, in our church right here today, if I needed to, I could actually point individual people out who any of those activities would have to be pressed upon them. Now, some of our kids are musical and they sing all on their own, right? It's, it's true, but some of them we have to force to sing. I was forced to sing as a child.
0: Yes, you were.
1: I'm pretty grateful for that now. Yeah. But I was in tears and being threatened with lickens. (laughs) Probably with a leather belt back in the day. Oh dear, you're just giving
0: so much information. I'm just
1: saying it was a different time. That's all (laughs) but I don't I don't resent or regret one one iota of that because of what it created long term. It actually was a part of making a healthier individual. Families that eat together. You know, honestly, in this day and age, that is one of the largest That would be one of the most difficult tasks for a family, a household, to tackle. It's gone so out of style to sit down and eat together because everybody's, again, coming and going and running around so fast. And what does it take for a family to sit down and eat a meal together? Well, it takes force. Somebody has to shut the TV off. Someone has to say, wait for your mother to sit down at the table before you start scarfing down food, boys. (laughs) Only happened a few times at our place, right? And, and yes, we are going to sit here until your youngest sibling finishes eating their peas because, <laughs> by gosh, we are a family and we eat flipping meals together, <laughs> right? And, and let's laugh about it because we actually all know how hard it is, but your kids and you as parents will be healthier for it, all right?
0: Yeah, the things that, that take work up front, I think, can just become a layer over the years, right? If, if um, singing songs to your toddlers is new for you, As you do that, it's just another layer to eating dinner together and all of the things. And the study showed that children who participated in those things had better um, social and relational abilities with other peers, other adults. And so those connection times are really important. And we just want to encourage you with that. Most of these things you're probably already doing. So take gratitude in that and Also, gain the perspective that you don't have to do these routines every day for them to make a difference. We always talk about even if, you know, in the week, as we count our weeks, what we do that week matters. Every day, I'm not getting a great connection with all four of my kids especially as they get older. So I have to be so intentional now about when am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? What am I going to say when we're driving so that I'm not just correcting, so that I'm not just, you know, thinking about other things. I want to be intentional about connecting. and
1: And that is the key word for this part of the message today. Everyone just say the word intentional. Okay, one more time. Let's say it again. Intentional. One, two, three. Intentional. Listen intentionality is actually what gets it done. Listen Now listen, if you look at the list we just shared, and we could add 50 more positive things that a family could do to the list. You could do memory verses. You could listen to the message together. You could do a Bible study together. You could do physical exercise together. It's very, very quick. All of the things that you wish you were valuing the right way will pile up on you, and you'll say, I'm a failure as a parent. I can't do any of this. We are, we are lost. We are without hope. And that's just the wrong way to look at it. You'll hear us say this quite often in church as well. What should you do? You should do the next right thing. Don't worry about anything else. Just do the next right thing. And for you today, that might mean maybe you're going to make time intentionally Take and make the effort to have a point of connection with your kids or your spouse or your family in a new way. And it is the intentionality that will cause those values to become centered and forefront in your life. And as time goes on, probably without even fully comprehending it, you're going to look back and say, oh my goodness, somewhere along the road, because I was intentional, that actually became a key value to our household. Just so you know, that's how it gets done. It's not like, hey, Pastor Trav, Pastor Amy, give us a checklist so that we can check the boxes. Checking the boxes does not make a great parent. It's, it's not about checking the boxes. It's about being intentional about the next right thing. All right?
0: And we were just speaking about this at Young Adults on Friday as well, yes, right? Guys, just intentionally thinking about our values, what kind of changes, what kind of shifts need to happen so that we're actually living out and walking out our values. So it's not just... Waiting until you become a parent. Um, some of the choices we make right now are even more important to who we become as parents one day. So when one thing that we want you to remember today is to imagine the end. So being intentional with our, our time and our decisions so that they line up with our values. And if while we're parenting, if we only focus on how well the kids can hit a ball or how high their grades are in, in high school or on their diploma, we can totally miss the point. A hundred years from now, the only thing that is going to matter in their life, in our children's life, is their relationship with God, their Heavenly Father. A hundred years from now, it's the only thing that's going to matter, their relationship with God.
1: It might be worth saying one more time because this is the most commonly forgotten reality about the gift that God gives us as parents. Guys, all that matters is that, is that you do everything within your sphere of influence, everything that God has granted to you in terms of gifting, ability, power. Your role as a parent is to help them connect with Jesus. What else matters? If they, if they make the NHL and lose their soul, what was, what was it worth? And see, as as followers of Jesus, this this concept of, of the soul and our responsibility for our children's soul, yes, it is their personal relationship with God. Yes, it is their personal decision to make. All those things will be true. But there has to be, in the responsibility, in the opportunity of stewardship that God has given us, there has to be intentionality on our part. We have to imagine standing with our sons and daughters in the presence of Jesus in eternity. Come on. somebody, Somebody get that this morning. It has to matter to us. And if it doesn't matter to us, in love, let me just say, something is out of alignment in your heart. Seriously out of alignment. That's why we're here. That's why God gave us the kids he gave us. All right
0: the temptation is, is to only focus on what they're going to do in the future. Even even the things that they want or they love. I remember last last time or a couple of years ago sharing, um, one of our boys was asking for a new Bible. He didn't like his teen, preteen version. And I was like, oh no, that that's too much money right now. And then the Holy Spirit said, and you just registered for football last week. Like, why would I say, oh yeah, no problem. And then the thing that's actually going to transform him and shift him. I had such a, a value moment where I was like, oh, yeah, I got to re- reconsider that. Because when we ask those questions, rather than, you know, what are they going to do? Where are they going to go to school? What kind of scholarship? But we think about who are they going to become? It's a lot easier to make some of the decisions that get thrown in front of us.
1: Yeah, and so we'll just spell it out really plain for you. Imagining the end is more about who than what. Got it? Imagining the end is about who they're going to become more than what they're going to do. Do those two things interchange at times? Absolutely. If Jacob came to us tomorrow and said, you know, I'm going to start selling drugs and be a bouncer at a bar. You know, that the doing is going to affect who he is being, right? And, and so we, we, we need to understand where those two things intersect and how they share influence in the intentional acts that we do playing sports of course is a great thing for kids it teaches discipline or i should say it helps to establish discipline hopefully you're teaching discipline yes. as the parent who you know as a brother and sister in christ even hopefully our intentionality other things we use sports and we use teachers at school and we use opportunities with clubs and different things to reinforce the values that are being taught one of the things in the last 3 generations we see in north america is the is the ineffectiveness of parents who just said, and we've experienced this, well, my kids should go to church because someone needs to teach them about that God stuff. I can't tell you how many times my parents heard that as we were all growing up as kids. But it happened more than one time and, and probably even more often than we remember or even more often than people actually said it to them. And so we need to appreciate where those two realities intersect, but we can never lose sight of the goal that it is about who my children are going to become in this world.
0: And so we have to consider that yes means no. Mm. Kids, have you ever had a day where yes means no or no means yes? Mm. It's not that fun. (laughs) Uh, But um, (laughs) yes means no. If I'm saying yes to something, really I'm saying no to something else. And so with that filter in mind, it can really help us as we consider our values you know our kids threw something else at us this week right now we have 30 seconds to decide i need 200 dollars to sign up for this trip for football in edmonton and it's all this pressure and we're able to say well we don't do it that way we're not doing that under pressure that is
1: certainly not how i said that i'm t- <laughs> i was much more this animated and grocery sounding this
0: is censored <laughs> Not for swearing or anything. Just no, for, I didn't just no. For gra- I wasn't using
1: colorful language or anything. But it was it, just...
0: it's easy to sort of take that step back and go, "Wait a minute, we have to consider what does that mean, right?" Whereas early on, I think I was saying yes to everything because that's how I was raised. I could, I could do anything and everything, and it's really hard if finances aren't the no, or your parents' willingness to drive you is not the no. So in our life, that's been a a big help to consider. And to to be totally
1: transparent, Amy would say yes to everything, and I was the partner who said no to everything. And so you can imagine the tension that created while we learned over the years of raising kids and pastoring a church, for that matter. It helped us as much as raising the kids did. We had to find that balance of yes and no because, of course, if you say no to everything, you'll never be able to say yes to anything. So the reverse is also always true. And the reality is this. We have a certain number of minutes in our day. And some things that will be so valuable for your eternity only take a minute. Just acknowledging the Lord with gratitude when you wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. It only needs to take a a moment even or a minute. It's not about, you know, if I want my kid to have character, they need to memorize the Bible for an hour and a half every single day and they're going to start at five. That's not it at all. Gratitude starts with a moment of recognition. And if you need a child to become thankful, you only need a few moments to begin to create this attitude or this idea that I can have gratitude as a core value in my life. And it's just one second. But if you book up all of your minutes and all of your hours and all of your sections of your day, you will never be able to number those moments to build the foundation that you're hoping to see.
0: Yeah. So we need to imagine the end. And number our days.
1: Number the days. Is number there a Bible verse days. that says something about that? I feel oh, like Oh, it's is.
0: my favorite one. Okay, you do it. Psalm 90 verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Acquire a heart of wisdom, I think is what the NIV used to say. And I loved just even reading it in a couple more translations this week Teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. The Amplified says that we may cultivate and bring you a heart of wisdom. And so this principle applies whether you're single or married, whether you have kids or you don't have kids. When we see how much time we have left, we tend to do more with our time. When we see how much time we have left, we tend to do more with our time.
1: Which brings us to these marbles.
0: These marbles represent how many weeks you have with the average kid from the time they're born until they graduate from high school. So this, I can't lift it with one hand.
1: Don't worry, baby, I can lift it with one hand. Cause I'm so <laughs> Don't strong. Don't drop them,
0: that would be awful. That's 936 marbles. You're so strong, I'll oh, tell you later. You. We have... <laughs>
1: I better save my strength then.
0: (laughs) From the time a child's born until they move on to the next thing, graduate high school, we have 936 weeks with that average, you know, with the average kid. So if you have a nine-year-old, you're down to 468 weeks. Have you ever felt like you're losing your marbles? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you are. We're losing our marbles. It seems like a lot, but the time goes by. So fast. Our second boy just got his driver's license this month. Last month. Last month, end of October. Guys, it's going fast. 936 weeks. Just feels like a breath. You can keep reading in that psalm, and it's it's pretty clear. Uh, (laughs) Well, this one is 52 marbles. That's how many weeks are in the year, um, or maybe there's 40 in there. If, if a kid comes to church, they're not going to make it here 52 weeks out of the year, right? Probably more like 40. By the time they're sick, they have a vacation, they are away for whatnot. We cannot expect that the only place they're going to hear about God is at church. This, this just doesn't compare and ours are, ours are shrinking down after they turn, well, I guess at whatever point, I always think about there's, there's 18 you know, summer vacations that were probably guaranteed, but after that, it's gonna look a lot different. They're gonna talk to us, they're probably gonna come, especially if you pay for them. They'll always come on vacation if you pay for it. Robert Morris said that, mm-hmm. I think. I think it's ideal, but you know, how many summer vacations until things change? Let's look at our kids, because you guys have been walking with us as we've done this. We're losing our marbles. I can hardly look at, look at them. If you turn around, you'll probably cry. Yeah,
1: I don't want to look at it.
0: 32 weeks for Jacob until he moves on oh. to what's next. Logan, 84 weeks until he moves on to what's next. This is a ParentQ app. Um, We used to match up with with the curriculum that we were teaching them. You can still find lots of great tools and lots of great parenting tips. And right in that app, you can enter your child's age, grade, and information, and it, it helps as a countdown because I just could not keep up with marbles and bins and whatever for four kids. 240 weeks until Annika moves on, and then Mara, um, 292 weeks. It seems like a lot, but it's going quickly. And so we we have to remember, we can't make the most of every day, but we can make the most of every week. And so when we number our days, when we count our weeks, we're going to be able to make that week count.
1: And the reason we can't number every single day is actually a very simple and it's actually a very right reason. As our kids get older, the reality is is that we don't spend every single day with our kids. I mean, for the most part, they come home at night, and you know this if you have teenagers, that they get home a little later and it's about 11 o'clock at night that they're ready to start talking. After average, they open the fridge. They open the fridge, they want to sit down, and that's when they're ready to open up and start having your conversations. And so moms and dads, if you are depleting yourself to the point where you have nothing left to give in those evening hours, I just want you to know, you're going to miss evenings and opportunities with your teenagers. So you got to change how you play the game too. If you wanna, If you want to be present, then you're going to have to prioritize being present. And that might mean saying no to something early in the morning. It might mean finding a way to have a nap in the day. I mean, whatever your situation is. But here's the good part about why you can't spend every day. It's because if you've done it right, you have widened the circle of influence to beyond just you. And this is so important because it takes more than two parents to make a great human. I mean, you can do it. And in the absence of opportunity, I'm pretty sure that, that most parents with a lot of prayer and a lot of hard work and discipline and intentionality, yeah, we can, we can do it. But I can tell you from raising our four kids that we are so grateful for the widening of the circle of like-minded people with like-minded values with even in, the some, in some awesome cases really like-minded, like-minded parenting objectives all of these things help and of course this is what introduces us to the necessity of the church family as a whole it's very very important because in those moments where we don't get to be the influence we want the influence to be the one we want it to be and those days are going to come and they're going to come faster and more in number as time progresses
0: yeah so widen the circle is true for us as individuals and also our children As we imagine the end, as we number our days and we widen the circle, we want to be asking the Holy Spirit, whose voice do I need to hear? Whose voice does my child need to hear? We want to remind you that you don't have to do life alone. You don't have to do parenting alone. And, you know, even just some of the things Travis shared here about having a nap, it's actually because he's had to walk that out. And you did that so well, just kids are staying up late, he was ready to go to bed at nine o'clock, he would either go to bed and get back up or, you know, prepare because he realized those were the moments of connecting. And we want, our, we want our kids, you know, to go out and enjoy life. But widening the circle means that someone else can speak in and say, hey, what about this? Whether it's your spouse or your trusted friends or even just your church family, um, it's not about, you know, everybody knowing more than you, but maybe they know something you don't know.
1: Well, and I even think it's, it's right, given what our kids are facing these days in terms of the influences that try to ram their way into their life. Guys, you need to get past the idea that somehow you're a bad person for, quote-unquote, forcing a worldview on them or, or anything like that. What you need to do is get over yourself and get together with some like-minded people who are going the right direction and actually strategize with them for your kids. I have conversations with key men in our church who speak directly into Jakin's life to correct the things in Jakin that I'm having a difficult time correcting. Jakin is an absolute disaster in personal organization. And guess who else is? Me. You should see my shop. I would never let you see my shop. I'm embarrassed of it. But there's like three trails to get to six different places. And if somebody else puts anything in there, nobody's getting anywhere. It's a traffic jam. So I am probably one of the worst people on this world to teach my own son, hey, personal organization is important. And here's the steps we're going to take to make you great at it. In fact, I've given up. He's probably never going to be great at it. So we begin to strategize, honestly, we begin to strategize then, okay, so where are the people that are going to come and, and who are going to complement his areas of gifting and his areas of weakness? Because that's what widening the circle becomes about. What are your strengths as a parent and what are your weaknesses as a parent? And what relationships exist right now here in this church to complement your strengths and your weaknesses? It's a daunting thing, and it's a big thing, and it risks exposure. And at the onset, I appreciate that that can feel very intimidating and very much like I have no idea how to start this. But let's go back to the beginning. What should you do? Well, you should do the next right thing. What's the next right thing? Well, become a little more intentional about where you want your child to end up and who you want them to become. These are just little steps to take, and the only thing that really matters in this moment is that you're willing to start taking a step.
0: So if the most important thing is a relationship with our Heavenly Father, with God, we need to know that He offered Jesus for us to be able to have relationship with Him. And if you don't know Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you after the service more about that. Um, But it's true for all of us, whether we're kids in this room, teenagers or adults, that is the most important thing. And as we consider even thinking back to Deuteronomy as Moses was speaking, he wasn't just speaking to the parents. It, he, it was a realization that it was gonna take community. It's not just the parents that the, the children need, or we can't just do it ourselves. We need community. We need the entire community to help us mold and shape our children. And even as we're walking along in our journey, um, you know, as we make large decisions, coming out of high school or, or um, whatever it is, business. We need community. We need each other. So I encourage all of you, widen the circle.
1: And, you know, we always want to tell you this too. We want, as a church family, as a pastoral team, as an eldership team in our church, we want to work with you and walk with you as parents. That's why we do this talk a couple times a year every single year. We actually want this, and because we have goals as a church for who your kids become. Because a part of what God asks us to do in the Great Commission is to go into the world, preach the gospel, and what? And make disciples. So we actually have a vision from God about where all the children of this house should end up in terms of who they are becoming. And so we are on your side. We are with you for your kid with your kids, and we want you to be for your kids, with your kids, with us. That way, we have a wide circle, we have resources for everyone, and we have opportunity to give our kids the chance to become the people, not just that we all want them to be, but here's the biggest one. Who does God want them to be? What is he doing in their life? What is his dream for them that no other being in all of creation could have? God has a God-sized dream for your kid, and that dream is going to be realized in the moments that are passing by today and have been passing by since that child was conceived, and there is an end goal. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, It's more than just our faith. He is the author, the finisher, the creator of all that we are, all who we are to become, and all that we are to accomplish. He has created or set aside good works for us to do in Christ Jesus long before we came into existence. From eternity, God has dreamed up your child. From eternity. And you would be missing the whole point as a parent if you didn't acknowledge, Father, what is your dream for my kid. Thank you for giving me that kid. But Lord, what do, you, what do you want for their life? And then we pray our hearts out. We pray our brains out. We pray our tears out for what we believe God is, is speaking to and saying over the lives of our children. That's why it takes a church. That's why it takes a wide circle.
0: Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening
1: today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.